This is Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need from America's Mortgage Mentor. With more than 30 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings, you'll learn to take your mortgage practice to new heights. Certified Mortgage Planner and CEO of KineticSparkConsulting.com. Here is Jennifer Duplessis. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis, and today we have a guest with us who is um, has been very successful in the real estate industry uh, for several years, and that's Pat Hyben. So, Pat, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jen. It's Thank fun to be here. Great. So we're going to have some fun talking. So um, let me go ahead and introduce you. You know, uh, so Pat was in the real estate industry for quite some time. He started off at Long and Foster. Um, he lives in Maryland, so that's real close to where I live, and then moved on to Remax. And his five-year career um, became number one real estate agent um, with Remax um, in the world, not locally, not in nationally, but in the world. Um, in 2005, he left. Uh, Remax to open up his own real estate firm, and then he later joined Keller Williams, and he now is um, an author of the book called Six Steps to Seven Figures, A Real Estate Professional's Guide to Building Wealth and Creating Your Destiny. And um, recently, he has also launched a podcast called Pot Hyben Interviews Real Estate Rockstars. So if you're a loan officer listening in, um, this is a great podcast for you to share along with mine, but to share uh, for real estate agents to help them grow their businesses, and you will be a rock star to them by doing that. If you're a real estate agent, hop on, right? So, Pat, welcome, and th again, thank you so much for taking um, time today to talk to us about um, some really important things for loan officers and how to increase sales. Yeah, um, my pleasure. Be happy So, to. you know, so one of the things that, that – uh, you know, we're looking at right now and at the timing, you know, our timing that we're, we're um, recording this podcast, you know, we've just had the inauguration, rates have just gone up, we're, um, well, finally today we have some nice weather, <laughs> but, you know, it's something that always affects us in the D.C. area, you know, is that, that uh, you want to get started and then you're stopped because of weather uh, things. But looking forward for this year, I'd like to hear what your opinion is on, on how you see what's happening in the real estate market in 2017. So let's just start there on your take there. Yeah, I love that. I love, you know, it's funny on my podcast, I always ask people for predictions and for exact opinions. And it's like pulling teeth sometimes. So I love it when a host is willing to, uh, to do that, to kind of put people on the spot. So, okay. So, you know, so essentially what you're asking, Jen, is where do I see the next five years or what the, you know, exactly what do you want me to address? I, I would like you to just address on what you think is going to happen this year. Um, you know, we went, we had a fantastic year last year and, um, well, in mortgages we did because we had refinances too, but we also saw people coming out of the woodwork, um, finally getting some appreciation where they weren't upside down and, and finally taking some action to uh, move up or buy because rates were really low. We've also seen in the mortgage segment um, a shift and a pendulum swing where we're now seeing opening up of guidelines and, and uh, product selection that was so constricted after the credit crunch. So we're now starting to see that open up, and I think that there's a lot of loan officers and real estate agents that aren't aware that that market is available to them. So while we're hearing economically that – the purchase market's going to be strong, but it's going to be a smaller pie. I think some people get scared by that, and I'm actually saying that's that's wonderful because that's where I like working. But with the introduction of some new products, 
wow, I can't wait for this year. So yeah, your yeah. take on appreciation and all that stuff. Yeah, sure. Well, okay. So you you you're going to definitely have with the Trump administration, you're going to definitely have less regulation. Um, at the same time, you're going to have less, and it's kind of um, contradictory to say this, but you're going to have less ease uh, for first-time buyers, uh, at, 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 or, or you know, as you saw with the way that he you know chopped down the the FHA mortgage insurance premium on his first day in office, right? Yes. That was that was saying, hey, look, I want to protect the country from a risky uh, a thing. And he considers first time buyers or helping them too much risky. I mean, the market's great. Why do you need to help it even more? Um, so you're going to see you're going to see some pullback in that way, but some push forward with the regulation. So then then you go into the natural uh, economics of a real estate market, right? And everybody knows that real estate markets generally go in seven-year um, cycles. Cycles. Thank yeah. you for that. You're work. welcome. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. So, so you know, we're past that. We're at like eight years now. So. Um, I think you're going to you're going to see an effect of that. I think you're going to start seeing more and more equilibrium. But I think it's going to take a long time because, you know, a lot of the um, days of inventory for a lot of markets on the people that I talked to on my show is way less than 180 days. And the economists say that equilibrium is 180 days, meaning if if the days of inventory Right. The amount of days it takes for a, you know, property to um, the, the amount of the amount of inventory that exists there um, is at 180 days. Then that's equilibrium. Correct. And a lot of places I talk to, it's at 50 days, 30 days, um, 70 days. So I think it's going to take some time. I don't think it's going to happen overnight. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, and that does make a shift from a uh, buyer's market into a seller's market as well. Exactly. That's that's where you want yeah, to get to 181 yep. days. It there's starts, our, it yeah, flips, there's yeah. our, yeah, there's our shift. Um, so you think that, um, well, and we know that inventories are still low. Um, so you think that we're still going to have um, a uh, seller, a buyer's market where, I mean, a seller's market, correct? Um, yeah, I think the seller's market will continue. You know, it has to. You know, if you look at the numbers, and you know, it has to until, you know, and we're getting real technical here until you reach that 180 days or yeah. so. So that's gonna, and that's gonna take a while. You're not at 160 days of inventory now in most markets. You know, you're in in a lot of these markets. There's you know 30, 40. 70 days. So yeah. if, if I'm making any sense. Yep, yep, you I, are. No, hey, look, we're mortgage lenders. We understand this concept. So you're talking to the same people. It's all good. <laughs> it's okay. all good. Okay, cool. All right, well, well awesome. That's what I predict, yep. Yep, okay, well, that sounds good. Thank you very much. I appreciate um, your insight there. So let's kind of move on to a couple of things. One of the things that's intriguing me that I'd like for you to talk about, and you're free to tell me that you'd like to do this later after I talk to you about the six steps to seven figures, um, and that is how to build – this curiosity that I'm having on the difference of building a horizontal or horizontal lines of income. Yep. So can you tell us about that versus vertical lines? And I do see what it is, but I, I need some more explanation. So yeah, sure. So basically a horizontal line, if you're a mortgage officer, right? If you do, you know, 50 loans one year and 
you know, when you close 15 million, let's say, um, and the next year you do 16 million and you made, you know, X thousand dollars more, that would be a vertical line. A vertical line in a job would be someone who makes, you know, a hundred grand a year and the next year they get a 2% raise. So they make 102. Those are vertical lines, always making a little bit more or less vertically, uh-huh. um, trading time for money. That's the key to a vertical line. A vertical line is trading time for money. It requires you. A horizontal line is essentially a passive income line where there's no time traded for money. So I'll give you an example. Um, owning a house is the easiest one. Owning right. a rental property where you're making 100 bucks a month. That right. would be a horizontal line. Another horizontal line would be a loan to somebody where you're getting interest. Another horizontal line would be uh, ownership in a small company. Um, um, a book would be an intellectual property horizontal line that pays you, you know, a thousand bucks a month in book sales. All of those are what you would call a horizontal line. I um, have currently about sixty horizontal lines, but only have about. 41 currently that are paying me um, this quarter. So that makes so, – so what I'm saying is there's about 19 there that are like not doing anything. Uh-huh. But I have 41 that pay me every month um, so that I don't have to work, right? right? So that I have financial freedom. I can do whatever the hell I want. Yep, I understand. So in um, – and, and I, I actually work in that realm as well and um, – you know, and I have done it through real estate and from holding notes and my book here shortly. So uh, as a loan officer, what kind of advice would you be giving to loan officers to start that horizontal line? And I imagine it's the same advice you give to realtors because this is something that I talk to realtors all the time. It just drives me nuts. But I'm not going to tell you what it is until after you tell me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah <right. laughs> well, you know, as realtors, you know, uh, you know, and uh, mortgage officers, we should be uh, walking our talk. Right? There we, you go. That's you know, we should be, and we should be buying properties. We should be buying real estate and renting them out. I mean, you know, it's going to make you that much smarter when you come to talk to investors, and and and, and you guys know, uh, you understand mortgages and you understand houses, and and you're that much more ahead of the game. Yeah, yeah, and you know the story that I tell everybody is if you're if you're selling Mary Kay, but you're wearing Estee Lauder, doesn't Whoa. make sense, right? Yeah, sorry, yeah. false profit. Yes, that's what it is. So it's it's funny because when I hear when I teach realtors and I I say who owns a home, most of them do. A few are renters. Most of them do, and then I ask them, "Do you, what other home, you know, additional home do you own?" And they have their hand down, and I, I just think that's ridiculous. And that's usually ninety nine percent of realtors don't own another home. And I, and I think you know, when the buyer, buyer says to a real estate agent, "Hey, do you think it's a good time to buy?" And the client says, I mean, the realtor says, "Oh yeah, it's a great time to buy. You should buy, but I'm yeah. not buying." Right. I just think that's absolutely ridiculous. So that would be the same thing with loan officers. Yeah, they should. As well. Absolutely, yeah. You know, I, I I remember I had one guy tell me that uh, he whatever he goes and he's this is a really rich guy and he has, buys a lot of stuff. Um, he in different markets he asks real estate brokers and mortgage officers whenever someone says, "Hey, I'm a mortgage officer," he says, "You know, um, how's the market?" Right. He doesn't tell them whether he's a buyer or seller. Right. Right. And and, and you know. 
he wants them to answer, is it a buyer's market or is it a seller's market, without telling them what he is. Yeah. You know, and see what the answer is. So, yeah, and anyways. see if we're able to do it. So, so if um, so, we're listening in, we're loan officers, and we're saying, okay, we hear you, we get it. You know, Jen, you've talked about it on other podcasts, and I, I get it. I need to start doing something other than being a loan officer. Where would you start? What would be the first thing you recommend to do? The easiest thing to do, obviously, is buy a, a rental property and just rent it out. And a lot of people say, well, in my market, you know, I can't make the numbers work or they're too expensive or whatever. Then then go out of your market. I mean, be willing to drive. I, I have properties that are, you know, I have properties in other states. But in the beginning, I, 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 I drove an hour or so to properties that I could afford to buy that I could get my feet wet. Right, right. And so that means that when you're making money, you need to save it. <laughs> right yeah, instead absolutely. of spending yeah, yeah. it so that when you're you're not making money you wish you hadn't spent some money oh yeah yeah absolutely real estate agents and mortgage officers are are the worst you know they have cash flow they have good cash flow so they can buy stuff um but they tend not to have uh good savings vehicles and 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 not good investment vehicles correct correct okay sounds good so Let's talk about. Let's get to your book a little bit about your book, where you talk about the six step to six steps to seven figures. So, can you share with us um, some of these steps? And I know some may not specifically apply to mortgage lending, but um, this will be helpful for. Well, they, they all do actually. I've had a lot of mortgage right. officers read it, um, and and they understand it because it was written towards real estate agents. Because I spent you know twenty five some years in the real estate game, but mm -hmm. a mortgage officer could get just the same amount of um, education from yep. reading it. So I'll, I'll just run through them real sure. quick, Jen. Love I mean, to. The, the, the first is obviously set goals and affirm the goals. And, and I give examples of this in the book of where I set goals in the past and um, I affirmed them to myself on a regular basis. And then it shows how I achieved those goals, how I set it this date, achieved it this date, Set it this date, and, and I still do that today. I'm a, I'm an active uh, goal setter. Um, the second step is track, uh, which is, um, well, you know, let me ask you this, Jen. What do you know about Weight Watchers? Have you, have you ever known anybody that's gone on Weight Watchers? Nope. I just know the uh, advertisements where you keep going in and you're tracking because you get weight every week and you have accountability. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So if someone goes on Weight Watchers. They lose 20 pounds. The, the thing with Weight Watchers is you have to write down everything you eat. So if you eat a raisin, you have to write it down. <laughs> okay. Okay? It's right. extreme tracking. Wow. Yeah. It's not just stepping on the scale, which they require you to do. And, um, but what do you think happens if someone goes on Weight Watchers for four months, they lose 15 pounds, and then they stop yep, tracking? They, get, they gain the weight back. Mm -hmm. Yep. So it's as simple as that. Success equals tracking. A failure is when you stop tracking. So, um, so I track like a madman. I have all kinds of things that I track um, on a regular basis, and I always have, and that's led me to a lot of successes by doing that. Um, uh, the third step is mentors and masterminds, and I tell a couple of stories in here, but the main gist of the chapter is, you know, a lot of people think that a mentor is someone who is this old guy that has a long beard and sits on top of a hill under a tree. Right. You know, and he's going to give you advice on marriage, kids, uh, business, investing, 
you know, health, everything. And that's that's not how the world is. You're going to have people that have genius in health that can be a mentor. Then you're going to have another person that could be a genius in business, another person could be a genius in investing, and they're, they're different people. So, you know, I have, I've had over 50 mentors, and every year now I still add more and more mentors, uh, like things like podcasting and digital marketing and things like that. I'm always adding mentors, and I talk about that. And, and one of the places to find mentors is in masterminds, which are basically a, a group think tank. It's where people get together and they share best practices. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just got back from Whistler, British Columbia, with a 150 you know millionaires uh, that are all men that share best practices on making more money, having better relationships with their wives, things like that. And that's where I find mentors. Right. So where would someone find mentors if they were just going to start out? So they're not, not going to go to to Whistler and have 150 yeah. people there. Where, where would so, you start pulling these people together yeah, and interviewing I get the, them? I get that question a lot. And the, the best, if you're a brand new, uh, let's say you're a mortgage officer, um, I would say go to the rookie of the year if there is a rookie of the year or whoever was the quote unquote rookie of the year in your mortgage company, like the person who just started a year ago and kicked ass, uh-huh. that would be my mentor because they, they understand what it's like to be brand new and they can give you timely advice. They're not going to give you like advice of when they started 30 years ago, they did this, which, you know, uh-huh. this, this gal or girl can say, I did this exactly um, and then you can too. And, and I would just sit in the corner and do what I was told. That's awesome. That's good advice. You know, and I think uh, some, someone had a nice little way of doing it, saying it, but I can't remember what it was. But it's just, you know, we tend to think of mentors and coaches as up from us rather than down from us. So we mm. want to look, we want to look downward so to speak for mentors too, because new people coming in have fresh fresh look on things. Um, you know, it's not part of being the, the old kind of run of the mill mill sort of thing. So we want to make sure that we're not always looking up to people, but rather looking laterally or down because they may yeah. have just as much to offer. hundred percent. I mean, before we got on this call, what happened? I, I was asking you a bunch of questions. You're like, why are you asking me this? <laughs> right. And I, I don't know, you know, your bank account or how successful you are, to be honest with you. I mean, I've read your bio, but, but I was just curious because I, yeah. I want to learn from everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Life learning. Okay, number four. What's what's n- number four? Okay, okay. So number four is act. Uh, es- essentially, what uh, what that means is y- y- you know you reap what you sow one hundred percent of the time. Uh huh. You know you don't. You, you, if you're busting your ass and you're and you're doing what you're told to be doing, you're going to make mortgage commissions. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. If you're following Jen's advice, listening to her podcast, writing things down, and then taking action on them, you're going to uh, succeed in 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 the mortgage business. It's as uh-huh. simple as that. You reap what you sow, a hundred percent of the time. Yep, absolutely. And I totally agree. I mean, I'm all about taking action and implementing and getting things done. People that talk and don't take action are the ones who hope that their business goes somewhere, that their life gets to where they want to go. Yeah, opium. Yeah, yeah yep, opium. Yep. I love that. <laughs> well, it's also calling, uh, instead of failure, it's failure, right? You're going to mm. fall down, and that's yeah, okay, yeah. but you're going to get back up. It's not failure. It's just, hey, I fell. I'm going to get back up. I'm going to keep moving forward. 
That's yeah, awesome. absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Okay. Then five is, tr- uh, five is build. Okay. Um, and I tell the story about a mentor I had actually that taught me build from a success up, not from the ground up. And that means this. Let's say you're a mortgage officer and you, um, uh, did a mortgage for a cop. You want to try to build on that success by trying to uh, find ways to do mortgages for other cops uh-huh. by saying, hey, you know, Star- Sergeant Stadenko, I did his loan. And you want to use that, you know, as a building block rather than going to try to do a loan for a nurse. Right. Or let's say you you did a loan for Mary Jane over at um, Remax Elite. Uh-huh. Right. You want to go oh, back to Remax Elite and you want to say, hey, I've done a loan for Mary Jane. Uh, you know, give me a shot as well. So uh-huh. you're building on a success up. Even if you've, if you're brand new, your success up could be you happen to know Mary Jane at Remax Elite. Then go into Remax Elite. Don't go over to Long and Foster office. Go to you know where you have the success and use it as a building block to step up. Does that make sense? Oh, it totally makes sense. I love that. Absolutely love that. Yeah, and instead then, of it's in a sort of it's a little different than you know we hear all the time about going horizontal and finding the next customer. Where's my next customer versus going deeper and down, right? But yep, you're you're yep. taking a whole other approach and saying yes, go deeper and down and and get more deals. But uh, it's just it's a visual for me that's not under the ground but on top of the ground. It's building up. Yep. So I love that. Absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. And then the last step is invest um, because that's how I got out of the real estate business is I was able to have so many horizontal lines that I didn't need um, to trade my time for money anymore. I didn't need to be beholden to a um, an income generator because they all existed horizontally. Uh-huh. Um, and I talk about that. I talk about, number one, how how I saved money. There's a picture of my wife and I when – when we saved our first million dollars, uh, we took a photograph of us eating um, Jerry's cheesesteak subs and drinking Budweiser. And I, and, <laughs> right. And I, and I wanted – I took that picture on purpose because we saved it uh, by being frugal, right? Yes. By, you know, by not listening to the financial plan that says save 10% of what you make, mm-hmm. um, we listen to ourselves and save, save 50% of what you make or save right. everything – you can of what you make over and above your bare minimum expenses. And uh, so you got to save money first and then invest wisely second and then um, let it grow from there. It's kind of like the first million is is the hardest. Um, and once you get there, the leverage and the deals keep coming right. and it becomes easier and easier. And we, I, I talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I totally agree. And, I'm on board with this because this is pretty much what I do. Um, so I think that's I think that's wonderful. And you know, and again, if you're listening on this podcast and you're just doing deal after deal after deal and you don't have a plan, number one, that's a big problem. Uh, but if you're just doing loan after loan and kind of leaning back and waiting for the next deal to come to you, you know, it's really really important to set up these life goals because this isn't just what you want to do. This year this month in your business it's also setting up those life goals where you're trying to get yourself you know what's your exit strategy out of lending at at some point you know so that you don't have to be working every single day yeah 100 percent. yep 
Yeah. So what else could you tell us about success and what you're seeing with, um, even with realtors, you know, it, um, the thing that bothers you, that thing that just drives you nuts with people and why they aren't successful. Oh. It's so amazing because everyone comes in different shapes and colors and backgrounds and, and all this stuff. And you look at someone, you go, I don't understand how come they're so much more successful than I am. Right. You know, yeah, <laughs> and you're that, like, dang it. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. And I, I think about this a lot. And I think it's it's mortgage officers, real estate agents, any type of sales or any type of entrepreneur. There's two words I think that define a successful mortgage officer, um, and those two words are follow up. Yeah. <laughs> if they just if they just follow up, if if I guarantee you, if you are a great uh, person at following up. You're going to be a great mortgage officer. Same thing with real estate sales. Same thing with anything, right? If you're if you're a great follow upper, for lack of a better word, yeah, you're going to be great. Yeah, and and the thing that holds people back from doing that, I know I know some answers. I was just asking they, you. They, I think what they do you think put, the biggest think, problem is. I think they put um, I think they put the answers in their head like they told me to follow up in the spring, so I'm going to just wait till there or. I don't want to bother them or, um, you know, I don't want to be an obnoxious salesperson or I don't want to be aggressive or they'll call me instead of me calling them. I think that they just are afraid of offending people, um, but it's all an illusion, right? Uh -huh. I think that, you know, people are like, wow, they, he's great at follow-up, uh -huh. you know? I mean, he responds fast. Right. She responds fast. She She's on it. Um I don't think it's negative, you know. They want an assertive person. Right. They want an assertive mortgage officer. They, right. You know, they don't want someone that's going to be slow. So what – when you look back on your real estate experience and what made you successful, obviously what you're, you're telling us is that you followed up, right? Mm-hmm. What are some – tactics um, or ideas that you can give to someone who's listening in and saying, I hear you. I get it. I know I'm supposed to follow up. But I just, I'm, I get my panties in a wad and I just can't make the call. Right. Yeah. So how do we, how do we bridge that gap? I mean, the first thing I'd say is maybe you're in the wrong business, right? Maybe you should yeah. be in, in something that, that you don't get paid as much in, but is, is easier, you know? Right. Um, um, but, but if you're determined to make it, and um, you can let that motivate you, then um, you just have to do it. You know, it's like the old adage, you know, sit in a corner and do what you're told. You know, I think that, you know, whether it's a, a mortgage officer that's in a slump, whether it's a mortgage officer just wants to do, you know, 10 more deals than they did last year um, or a brand new mortgage officer, they, they, they need to do the basics in order to reach – the goal of getting out of the slump, doing 10% more or, or, or doing business their first year, uh -huh. you know, and they just have to do it. I don't know if there's a magic pill that I can say, you know, here's there, what's going to get isn't. you over it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was funny because I was just going to interject there and say, you know, I think it, some people have asked me, you know, what's that one thing, what's that magic pill? And I said, the thing is, it's called work and there is no magic, anything. You, you just have to put the time in. It's a consistency and the persistency that's going to help, you know, build your business to the next, it, to whatever level, you know, continue to have it grow. Would right, you, absolutely, you, yeah. yeah. So let me ask you um, something else uh, that I think everyone's probably wondering. Jen asked this question. 
What do you, or did, did you at the time, what did you look for in a loan officer? Um, once you had someone you were working with, were you looking for referrals back? Were you looking for timely response? Um, what are some of the characteristics that we um, should be thinking about, especially with the number one REMAX in the world? REMAX yeah, agent, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great question. Um, so number one, someone that was in my face, uh -huh. uh, someone that followed up quickly, got the loan closed quickly, um, you know – you know, I think most people's, most real estate agents' favorite word is done, right? Uh -huh. They don't want a bunch of, you know, they they don't want they don't want to hear everything that 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 is going on between, um, you know, loan app and approval. Well, they might, um, but I I think what I'm trying to say is they they just want the loan approved. Right. right, and they just want someone that's gonna any issue they're gonna figure out how to solve the mm -hmm. the issue. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, and I and I would agree with you. So if if uh, and and back you know to when you were um, a top producer and you had some loan officer calling you going, "Hi, um, I don't know you, but you're a top producer. I'd really like to meet you. How do we crack a nut like you?" <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> you just got to get to know me, and 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 part of it is you got to ask for the business. You know, like I have a, a friend of mine here who's a loan officer, and he used to always say to me, uh, give me a loan. Uh-huh. When are you going to give me a loan? Right. You know? And your response, um, interesting, I, I'm just curious if your response is, because I've heard uh, um, what well, was funny. I was I was doing, this is several years ago, I was, I was at a broker open, and there's this guy from Long and Foster, and uh, even today, I see him and I just turn my head, this real tape. I, I just can't stand being around him because all he does is show up with all the eating events, right? And uh, and one day he said to me, um, I said, well, you know, one, one day, and this was a long time ago, I said, you know, well, one day, you know, maybe we'll have the opportunity to work together. You know, I was just talking and I was kind of pushing him away by saying that. Maybe, you know, one day we'll have the opportunity to work together. And I didn't want to work with him. And he said to me, well, I can guarantee you this. We will never work together until you refer me first. Mm. And this is a guy I didn't even want to talk to, right? I didn't even <laughs> I didn't even like him. And I thought, oh, my goodness, if that's the way you're going to be, you know, if we're not, if we're going to do tit for tat, I'm not, I, that's not a relationship I want to be in. So how, how important is it that your loan officer is helping your, in what way are they helping your business other than just getting the job done? Well, um, you know, obviously on, the, the cliche is like yeah. you know making the client happy and that sort of thing. Yeah, and, yeah. And yeah. I, and 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 I like that idea. I mean, I had, I had a guy that would refer. I had a title guy and I had a lender that would refer the hell out of me, like solid, solid leads. Like here's my brother, right? Here's yeah. here's my own house. Here's my mom. Here's my. You know what I mean? Here's. Yeah. Someone I took a mortgage application with and approved already, um, and that helped a lot. I, I mean, so I do believe in that. You know, I do. I do believe in that. Um, you know, my title guy used for a long time, uh, and ended up opening a title company with him uh, ten years ago or so, um, mainly because of that. Because he would, you know, at least once a quarter, he'd be like, "Hey, dude." Um, my next door neighbor needs to sell, you know, here's the number mm -hmm. and the people wouldn't talk to any other agents. They would just listen to me because Rick told them to, yeah. you know, and um, so I, I think that does help 
tremendously. Um, you know, and just just follow up. You know, just follow up. Keep people informed, or or give them a a, a way that they can be informed if they want to be informed by going into a back end system and looking at stuff, um, and just get stuff done quick. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, you know, I call that don't go dark. Mm, don't go dark. Right. Yeah. <laughs> don't go dark during the deal. Right. Exactly. Uh, you know, don't just disappear and and have everybody wondering what in the heck is going on. You know? Yeah. Yeah. What else would you like to share with us, Pat? You know, um, you know, what I've been doing lately is I opened up a company called Rebus University, which is an online training course, online training platform um, for salespeople. We have a course for agents on how to um, how to build a uh, basically how to successfully list a house every time you go on a listing appointment. We have a course uh, for team building. We have the number one agent uh, with Berkshire Hathaway out of Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, uh, we filmed him and his team and they're teaching people how to build teams. We're working on several lead generating courses, several, uh, working on a mortgage officer course, working on, um, a bunch of different courses we're adding this year. And, um, and, uh, you know, that's been a lot of fun and that's called Rebus University. And then, uh, we also have the podcast, which we have over 450 uh, episodes of real estate agents and people in the real estate investing arena. Um, and I think you're going to be our first mortgage officer on there. And I'm excited Ooh, about yay. that. Yay. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, you know, that's, that's a lot of fun doing too. And I'm, I'm getting a ton of mentors and a ton of mentees and I'm learning a lot from people all over the world. Yeah, isn't it fun? I find that I I didn't think that that was going to happen with podcasting. I thought, well, I'll just share with everybody. Now, now I, I learn so much and I implement so many things that I learn. So, I think it's absolutely incredible. So, you know, if you're listening in and you're a loan officer, what a great way for you to talk to the realtors that you're working with and say, hey, listen, what I just stumbled upon is a great opportunity for you to have some online training about. Um, you know, getting the listing every time, getting some leads and team building, you know, as you grow. Because that seems to be the big thing these days. Everybody's talking about teams um, in the mortgage and real estate space. It's just it's just the thing, you know, and I think everyone's finally realized that you know, if you're going to be a salesperson, you can't be writing the bills out. You've got to yeah. be you, gotta, you have to really focus on your your genius zone, you know. To do that. So awesome. I really appreciate all of your time here, Pat. Um, I know that people love listening to people in our, specifically in our industry who can help us be better at what we do. And, you know, you're giving us life lessons on how to uh, set ourselves up for success so that, um, you know, it's not just the, the mundane. I shouldn't say mundane because it's not in this business, but it's just not the, uh, you know, the trenches of having to do this that we start creating and shining a light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe a far way away, but at least there's some type of light there. And uh, I think it's commendable what you're doing because you're trying to help your industry as well so that everyone doesn't burn out and, you know, has a life after this yeah, or during it, you know. Yeah, because, yeah, so. yeah, we don't, there's no retirement plans in this. I know where where's my yeah I love when that when when especially in our area right when the military people are not military but the uh, civil service people go I got a retirement plan that's better than most people most loan officers are making yeah (laughs) right yeah yeah absolutely it's crazy so again thank you so much for coming on the show it it sure means a lot and um, I wish you all the best in in your new endeavor as well 
And uh, I guess we'll all see you next time on Mortgage Lending Mastery. Please don't forget to go to iTunes and write a review for me so that we can keep our name out there. Thank you for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a comment or rating. Get more free email updates, transcripts, selling and education resources, and Jen's upcoming speaking events. Just visit our website at kineticsparkconsulting.com.